for Lovers. An audio medium unlike anything you've ever heard before. The pinnacle of sound experience. Jacked and canned. Featuring John Tessman and Colby Tyler. A place where you will get the information you crave. And hear about the topics that you love. Presented by themselves. Coming to you from the basement, bar, and the bedroom. Sponsored by no one. Jack and Canned. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sports Roundtable of Jack and Can. You may have already noticed that John is not here, and if he is, he looks much different. We welcome in Jimmy Pibbs, fellow member of the Breaking Down the Tape family. Jimmy, how are we doing today? Uh, working on getting drunk, Colts. Feeling great. Perfect. All right, cool. Same page. See, I, this time I'm not dealing with life waters over here. I'm not dealing with some sort of herbal tea. I got a guy drinking straight bourbon at 10 a.m. on a Friday. Look at this guy go. So well, we can do we can do an ASMR horn. Yeah, yeah. You know what? You're right. That you know they actually. I've been hearing a lot of conversations on what the best sounds are in this world, and that's Mm. one that nobody ever brings up that I think is actually a good one. Because I love the sound of like a beer cracking open, but ice in a cup that that does sound right. If we're talking, if we're talking sports sounds, like a nice hit drive, that like for me, it's a three that just drops all net. Oh, the straight snap. Yeah, just that. Oh, I can't even like I. I oh, yeah. No, get to, look at that. That's a that's a genuine smile for that. That. Oh man. Although Ooh, I will tell right. you, I I agree with you with the golf swing, and I'm not even a golf guy. Like I can't sit down and watch four days of golf. I can maybe watch a little bit on Sunday. Cannot watch the first three days of any event. Oh, dude. I mean. I'm not going to pretend like I watch golf, but like golf is an excuse for me to get fucked up and hang out with people. So like <laughs> I get to drive, a, I get to drive a cart around. I get to smack something and I get high and drunk. It is the best sport in the world. <laughs> That's what I keep hearing. I'm actually supposed to do it for the first time later this year. I've never went golfing. Never, never. I have been alive for 31 years. Never once did anything more than mini golf in a driving range. I was going to say, if you've done a driving range, you just, you know, make that better like just just do that more <laughs> do that 18 times i was here's the thing i only did the driving range once we were there for like maybe an hour or so and then that was all the golf experience i've ever had that's all you need that's it just bring that to real life james's golf academy uh do that thing <laughs> get fucked up and swing the <laughs> swing the club get fucked up and do that thing <laughs> <laughs> So for the audience here, I know you guys are used to getting who's on top at this portion of the show. Um, Let's be real. I'm not going to do that when John's not here. It's just not going to happen. So instead of who's on top where I can read to you who's on top in baseball, you already know it's just the Yankees. Like who else even matters right now? Anybody? I don't think so. So and the only other interesting thing in the MLB standings is watching exactly how great Shohei Otani has been and how terrible the Angels are. (laughs) <laughs> it's just baffling to me, considering he's doing it from both ends. I heard something the other day since 1974 that he is leading in slugging percentage as both a pitcher and batter. 
that's odd. That, how long has it been? <laughs> Since 1974, and granted, there's qualifiers because obviously he hasn't had that large of a sample size. But by people that have done it at least as many times as he has done it, just the slugging percentages from both his pitching and hitting perspectives are, you know, the highest and the lowest, depending on which variable you're looking at it from in all of baseball in its history since 1974. I, I love that. I love how much he pisses off like old school baseball people, too. Like there's like ah, you can't you can't are they because like, I don't listen to old school baseball play. people. <laughs> no. They're just miserable. They're just miserable bastards. Yeah, most of the time when a show starts talking baseball, I actually just hit fast forward up until the point where they're done talking baseball because I I have not given a shit about baseball since I was nine years old. So I I love baseball. I love watching baseball, but I've never been that dude. And this is definitely a generational thing. I've never been that dude at like. The, Boston area. I've never been that dude at Fenway who like gets the brochure and like fills in the game as he goes. And, like you're a fucking nerd. And then like <laughs> and then on top of that, like the dyslexia, like when I'm listening, same thing when I'm listening to a podcast and like my brain just trying to process somebody throwing all these numbers at me at once. It just like it, I feel like I'm gonna like drive off the road because I'm not focusing. Like obviously listening to podcasts in my car, I guess. But I I, I can't comprehend that many numbers at once. I no, don't understand it. The other thing that I never understand, like even the stat that I just gave you, who actually said, you know what? I bet since 1974, we've never seen anything like this. My thought is that they noticed how high and low those numbers were, and they just went back till they could find somebody that beat it. And so I bet if you went back to 73, there was somebody. But <laughs> that that's the only thing I can think of, because otherwise, how would you come across that stat? But these guys dive into stats, and it's like that – stat doesn't even necessarily have anything to do with a win and a loss. Now, Otani's in that one does, but when you're talking about some of the stats these guys pull out, they're like, what do you know that his stolen base percentage is? I'm like, who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> like, no, nobody even tries to get on the bases anymore. It's just home run or strikeout. And I also, I also feel like, obviously, there's advanced analytics in every sport now, uh, but when you look at football, it's very, like, cut and dry, like, Here's what they do. Here's the advanced version of it. They never go into like, oh, well, Patrick Mahomes throws better in third down when he's 15 yards down, like whatever. It, 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 like baseball does these stupid fucking stats. Sorry for swearing. I don't know how PG we're going here. Um, uh, well, definitely not at all at this point. All right, good. <laughs> so it, it, like the baseball stats of like, Oh, well, you look at Mookie Betts, and in October, he hits 455, but only when the sun is at exactly 90 degrees above him. It's like, shut up. Like, how do you have those exact numbers <laughs> on hand? Like, what Also, how do you, you know where the sun was in that particular rotation of that day? Yeah, it's so dumb. I don't get it. I don't understand. Give me <laughs> These guys stats for my simple brain. These guys are coordinating with actual weather experts so that they can prove their theories. <laughs> Motherfuckers are tied into the fucking... Oh, my God. Just really blowing the PG out. Um, the Hubble telescope and, like, marking up stats with that and just locking it all in. Baseball is <laughs> stupid and it's for nerds. So I love it. <laughs> in lieu of doing who's on top, Jimmy, what I have for you is the Jimmy Pibbs draft special. So Ooh. at this point, the NFL draft did take place a little while ago. 
But yeah. I need that the jacked and canned audience who did not get a chance to watch us do, you know, what was I think four and a half hours of live video. Oh, God, dude, so <laughs> like I actually think we still somewhere else are probably recording the same show right now. <laughs> but I I wanted to give our audience a little bit of the takes that you had because honestly, and my fans know this, we do not give a shit about the draft here. By that, I mean that I always wait till a player enters the actual league before I start saying anything about him because I just don't know. I never know how it translates. I thought Matt Leinart was going to be a Hall of Famer, and uh, well, he wasn't. So, again, I'm not good at actually figuring this out by watching him in college. Jimmy, on the other hand, seems to have known everything about every one of these guys. He's naming shit about guys in the fourth round. <laughs> he's he's got guys in the fourth round that are going out here and he's just delivering like an encyclopedia of knowledge for these people and i'm like how does he know this much about any of these new players because for one i'm not watching the fourth round to begin with for the most part and secondarily i don't know who these people are after about the 10th pick so jimmy had all this down now jimmy overall i gotta ask how did my seahawks do I was actually hoping, like, you're gonna like give me something to lead me into this. The Seahawks low key had one of my favorite drafts. So, um, Jimmy, I, I got all the picks here too for any reminders because I was gonna ask you about each of them individually. Granted, I don't necessarily expect you to have the fifth and seventh round picks memorized still to your head because you did this months ago. But I, I don't know exactly how I did, even though it felt good. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I have in front of me too, so you don't have to worry about that. Um, so, I mean, off the top, we're talking about finally drafting an offensive tackle and someone to protect. Thank God. Yeah. I mean, you were, you were just amped about that. I remember during the live Charles cross also athletic monster. He was one of those dudes. There were three guys, him, Iki Iquanu, and, uh, I can't remember his name, Evan Neal out of Alabama that like really could have flipped around a lot. Um, Cross is athletic. He's a great pass protector. He got a knock because he played in a uh, Mike Leach system, which hasn't produced a great lineman ever. Um, so that, that's honestly a nice pick. I think he's going to develop into something great. I just don't think – I think he's going to have a growing pains here, if I'm going to be honest. Um, Mike Leach, it's, it's a very different type of system that he runs compared to the pro style. So just get ready for year two of Charles Cross to be phenomenal. Uh, Boye Mafe, stellar outside linebacker. Really, this one we disagree on. This is the one that I was really hoping to get to with you because I noticed one of the things that was brought up when looking at stats of this guy. And granted, Mm -hmm. numbers aren't everything, especially for these young kids. But I noticed that there was a massive decline anytime that he played top level competition, Mm -hmm. and. In the NFL, that's all the top-line competition from college, and it makes me think to myself, this guy's going to be a highlight reel for his three sacks a year. Why am I wrong? Uh, you're not You're not necessarily wrong. Um, I, I mean, you're right. He he disappears, and in the Big Ten, you have to show up for a lot of these. Uh, Boy Amape, though, what he's going to deliver you is a very uh, Jadavion Clowney type of performance where he's not going to he's not going to top the league in sacks every year. Uh, but he's a dude who is so physically imposing and just a true athlete and whatever that he's going to eat up coverage on that offensive line and he's going to deliver pressure on the quarterback. 
So although we might not show up in those like flashy, like the sack stats or whatever, he'll get tackles and he will get pressure. And that's not the worst thing in the world, especially in a division that quarterbacks are just getting more and more mobile looking at bringing Trey Lance potentially starting this year. Kyler Murray already in his starting role. Matt Stafford's like a statue. Uh, but <laughs> at some point, they're going to they're gonna catch up to the rest of the league and get someone a little bit more mobile. So Boye Mafe is going to fit very well with what you guys are doing. And I do agree where they drafted him as like a top 50 pick. I think it's perfect. I think you guys got a steal there. But obviously, numbers can show. He got to tend to disappear against stronger linemen. We'll, we'll see how that develops. That can always be changed. But... I'm optimistic in him. Now, what do you think of my boy Kenneth Walker the third? Yeah, Kenneth Walker, man. I I think I did a piece of uh, breaking down the tape content where I comped him to uh, Nick Chubb just in the run style. Uh, oh. He's got those really weird long strides for like someone who looks a little bit more like shorter and compact. Yeah, he's yeah. going to be so good. The yeah. issue is where is he going to fit in? Because obviously Chris Carson's a big question mark for you guys right now. You don't know what's going on with him, if he's even going to come back ever after spinal fusion or whatever the hell he had. Uh, Rashad Petty had a great end of the year last year, but has had like more injury concerns than like I could even count on. Um, Kenneth Walker, he's reliable. He wasn't really a bell cow back uh, until this year at Michigan State. So he has low mileage, but he has the ability to just break open these huge runs uh he's not going to be receiving or that receiving threat that you might get with penny kid's gonna be stellar though it, there's just no question about what he does yeah no that that was perfect i love your comp for him that saying saying that he reminds you a little bit of a nick chubb style you know to be honest that's not the only chubb going on around here right now <laughs> love it love it glad the camera cuts off right about there um, <laughs> Abraham Lucas was actually one of my sleepers. Um, I, I yes. suck. I suck yes. at judging offensive linemen. Um, but he he has he is quick and he has a huge body. I don't understand how he fell to seventy two. If we're going to be honest, I thought he was a second round talent. Once again, that's just my own bad judgment. But he's he's another guy who might not have a great year one, but will develop into that dude year two. So from what I'm understanding, from what you're telling me about the offensive tackles we drafted, look for year two success much more so than the growing pains of year one. Yeah, and that that kind of works, right? Is like let them <laughs> take their lumps in year one when you're kind of in this like rebuild, but you're not admitting it's a rebuild. You're on the you're on this like Patriots kind of on the fly rebuild. Um where like maybe Drew Lock pans out, but like probably not. Um that's what I'm saying. I love the idea of we utilize their bad year to just knock Drew Locke right out of the league altogether, and then we can go get one of these kids next year after we go four and thirteen this year. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be a rough year, but just get ready because the quarterback talent next year is just so stellar, like top to bottom. There's just so much talent. Um, where are we at now? Kobe. Oh man, Kobe won the award. He was one of the best defensive backs in college football last year which is very weird to say considering his counterpart was a first round pick top five pick too, which it's, it's very odd. I can't think of what the name of the award is, but it, it it's given away very weirdly, but Kobe Bryant deserved it. The duo of him and sauce Gardner was awesome to watch at Cincinnati and they both got knocked because we're still stuck in the stigma of 
they play at Cincinnati, they're not that good. They don't play the top <laughs> talent. But then you look at them shut down Notre Dame and like whatever, but people just tend to ignore that. Um, another sleeper I have on this list, and this is probably one of the last two guys I'll touch because I don't know much about Tyreek Smith or yeah i figured if you could cover the first four rounds those other guys i i'm with that like that's cool that we have those people but i don't know if they make my roster so you know cool (laughs) i would say i would watch for Tariq woolen um Tariq woolen actually i got turned on to because somebody who was a fan of another page i work for i'm just gonna leave that be uh (laughs) <laughs> started a fan page for him because he also goes to UTSA, but said he's a great guy. Beyond that, this kid used to be a receiver. He is an athletic freak. And when it comes to press coverage, he's a monster. He locks these people up. He's just hard to get by, um, especially at his frame. I think he stands at like 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, uh, Tariq Woolen is a project, though. He still has a lot of growing to do. That's why he was in the fifth round. But if you can utilize his tools, his speed, his length, um, his ability to impress, he can become your outside dude and end up locking up some of these great guys that you have in the division as well. Like he could have the biggest payoff of this draft class. Well, you know, it's funny that you mention it that way because as you described the things he does well, that reminds me of the corners that we typically were grabbing during the Legion of Boom time frame. And we were getting those guys oftentimes in the fourth, fifth, sixth round. So, I mean, there's a, I, I don't want to get myself too worked up and excited about it, but at the same time, you just described to me basically Richard Sherman by what he's good at. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the other thing is like people talk about Kobe Bryant over here. He, he is so intelligent. Like I've seen so many people comp this class to the Legion of Boom just because like Woolen's an athletic freak. Kobe Bryant's just going to be the smartest dude out there. It it. Sounds reminiscent. Like what they did is it sounds like they're trying to build the Legion of Boom again. And if they could pull that off, if they can develop this, you nailed it. Because those two guys fit the prototype very well. Yeah, I'd be full blown in on it because that was, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious for every Seahawk fan in this world that yes, that was our favorite time because well, <laughs> you know, we won a Super Bowl. Not not any other time ever did we do that. So I would love to see something like that come back. I too don't know really anything about the the linebacker that we took from Ohio state. I really don't know anything about them. Um, the two receivers we took in the seventh, all I understand about them is just that they are massive speed guys. They're people that are faster than everybody else. And I'm like, okay. I mean, I guess we're going to have a lot of that going on between DK Tyler. We got Dwayne Eskridge still like, and then we bring in this speed too. I'm like, okay. I mean, hopefully drew lock can hit a really fast moving target. Yeah, I guess this kind of favors Drew Locke because he has that cannon arm. That was his thing at Mizzou. But I don't I don't see Tyreek's or sorry, I don't see Derek Young or Bo Melton. Like I don't see both of them making the roster. I think Bo Melton has the better chance. I think it was solid at Rutgers. Didn't obviously blow anyone away, didn't blow me away as a receiver. Um and it's just interesting to see where he's actually gonna fit in, obviously, with Tyler Lockett. He's aging, but he still has his deal. DK Metcalf is still kind of a question mark because he seems like he wants to get paid. I don't know if he's reported to camp for you guys yet. Um, Eskridge obviously is an older second year player. I think he's sitting at age 26 right now, maybe 25. Um, he's, he's a stud though. I, I loved him. I love that he ended up with you guys. So I would expect Bo Milton to end up taking a slot role and then maybe eventually transitioning up the 
depth chart as potentially Tyler Lockett. You guys transition off of him. We'll see. Uh, it, Jesus, I, you can't age Tyler like that on me, man. He's not that old. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he's older than you. He's older than you're giving credit for, uh, especially for a dude you just paid. And his speed, although great, isn't on the level of Tyreek Hill, where if he loses a step, it's just oh, going to be no, like, no, no. oh, he's still faster than everyone else. No, I don't think that Tyler Lockett's necessarily one of those guys that's faster than any or than everybody else. He's fast, but he's not like holy shit fast. He's just no. fast. And that's okay. Uh, He's really more so the guy's got like this crazy hand-eye coordination and the ability to also involve his feet into that same exact coordination. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I've never seen somebody that's just so coordinated at exactly what it is he does, which is bring a football in and stay in bounds. He's got, he kind of set the trend. I mean, there's a couple players that play like that. Like if you, when I look at Tyler Lockett, I just see a more compact or I guess, sorry. When I look at C.D. Lamb, I see a longer, stretched-out Tyler Lockett. Like, he just has that ability to contort his body and just make sure stuff gets into him. And, like, he oh, makes these fair. catches. Yeah. Um, I like C.D. Lamb a little bit more, if I'm going to be honest. Not, no slander. Hey, it's okay. It's okay. No slander. But, uh, yeah, Tyler Lockett, I guess I see. He has the speed. He has the, you know, like you said, just a body control uh, as, like, a generalization. But I do think that's it's going to fall off. I would expect him to be moved on in the next like few years. But what teams did the best in the draft this year overall? Oh man, there's like a there's a couple. Like I want to I want to like what the Jags did, but I just hate everything about it. Like they got some of my favorite players, and they just aren't. I just don't understand how they fit together. Um can name a lot more teams that did poorly uh (laughs) chiefs the chiefs did a great job filling gaps um it is interesting that they're going to try to fill the hole of tyreek hill with three three other dudes (laughs) i realized it as i was processing that thought how awful that sounds yeah well they're they're all just gonna like i don't know they're gonna do something together like a baton race and that's how they're gonna control the speed they're they're gonna play like three offensive linemen but all three of those receivers at the same time all just handing a baton to each other i guess i i hate it uh, they're just they're just trying to keep up the trend now. I guess is just burner speed wide receivers. Um, I, I will say, and I hate to admit this, the Ravens had such a good draft, like top to bottom. I thought so um, too. I thought their first round by itself was enough to just be like, okay, well they they pretty much just filled all the needs they they really have. I mean, they could still use a wide out, but. Honestly, with the usage rate of Mark Andrews, does Lamar Jackson really need great wideouts? I don't know. No, and I, I kind of expect Rashad Bateman. I'm in that camp that expects him to take that step. But I'm, I was super high on Kyle Hamilton. Um, I'm blanking on the other person they took in the first round. They traded the up. center. Oh, my God. Yeah. So... Uh, Tyler Linderbaum. Thank I couldn't. I couldn't. Yes, I was coming up with Tyler Linder something. I could not remember the last part. So two of these, those two dudes, at one point in time, were viewed as generational prospects, like in this draft. And like the Ravens have this shitty habit where stuff just falls into their lap, (laughs) and it sucks to be in the same division with them. But like, okay, let's get an MVP caliber quarterback at thirty-two. Sure, just fucking falls right to them. 
in this class of what was supposed to be very talented prospects. Obviously, we see that now that only two panned out. Um, and then follow following it like down. I forget where they ended up getting him, but David Ajabo, who only really played football in college, like I think was a walk on at uh, Michigan, which okay, good for you. Like that's that's a huge step, but was so successful in was a first round talent off of that. Like just off of his athletic ability, off of limited production, people saw these tools and then he tore his Achilles in training and then just ended up free falling. So they have this dude who obviously probably won't play this year. Maybe will sneak into the playoffs, but I don't expect him to, you know, have any kind of impact. But year two of him, if they can develop him and just work with him all offseason and build him into what he's supposed to be, the super high ceiling edge rusher. Like, come on, man. <laughs> like, come on. Like, how is the rest of the division supposed to keep up with this? It's bullshit. No, you know, it's actually funny that you bring it up in that specific way. Hey, uh, I do want to just point out to the audience here. I remember Jimmy pretty much blowing up at about number six when still nobody had picked Kyle or what, Kenny Hamilton or Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton. Yeah. Kyle. So, yeah, he. Jimmy just starts going, how is this dude still on the board? How is this dude still on the board? And then it gets closer and you see Baltimore like at the corner. And <laughs> Jimmy's just like, fuck, no, no. He's <laughs> like, he's two picks away from it, but he already knows what's going to happen. He's like, somehow nobody's going to take him. And then Baltimore's just going to slide in and grab this guy. <laughs> I, uh, dude, the second I saw them appear on like that little like bar at the bottom, yeah, I think the I little remember, crawler like, that shows the next drafting, oh. it shows like the next five teams. <laughs> dude, I remember, I remember watching that and just having, I think honestly, if you watch it, you could see my like hands on my face just sitting back waiting for <laughs> Goodell to say it. I just knew it was coming. It sucks. He's going to be so good. He's just going to continue this like strong defensive back group that the, um, I must have Bengals that the, Ravens have it. It sucks. I hate it. It's the AFC is uh, just getting tougher and tougher. Do you think that this draft propels any teams this season to fill voids that they needed for them to take kind of the next step? No, I, I, I'm the biggest draft guy, and I'll get excited about all these people as prospects. But another thing you have to realize is none of these dudes are really like game changing enough to like flip your whole team around now obviously the combination with the ravens you have a really good chance of that kyle hamilton's a monster linderbaum's a monster but they still have gaps i don't think any one of these dudes is going to make your team like overly successful even like i i love what detroit did but jameson williams is going to take some work and they already had some solid receivers um aiden hutchinson is great but he has really one year of solid production he wasn't the type of prospect and I think I mentioned this too, but he wasn't that prospect like either of the Bosa's or Chase Young or Miles Garrett. He was really good. He's going to have a solid, he's going to be good for like maybe 10 sacks a year, which is great. But that's like at his ceiling is he'll get those 10 sacks. I don't think he's going to be a game wrecker. I, <laughs> Trayvon Walker is not going to be a home wrecker either. He's, a, he's just going to be an average guy for the first overall pick. I would honestly, there are three guys in this draft class uh, at edge that I would take by far and away over any of any of the two, I guess, um, that were headlining this year. Good to know. Now, 
Jimmy, I got two more for you. Uh-huh. Who's going to win rookie of the year? Who's it going to be? Uh, all right. Offensive rookie of the year. Um, I'm going to go with the softball and I'm going to say it's going to be Sky Moore out of Western Michigan who ended up in Kansas City. He just fits so well with what they're trying to fill with that Tyreek Hill void. Um, he's, he's talented, man. He's going to be so good. Uh, and then defensive rookie of the year. I'm going to go with Stingley. I'm going to go with Derek Stingley who ended up um, in, ta- or in Houston. Um, I think he's just that dude. I think he has a chance to shine and his stats to really get bumped up by a pretty, like, I don't want to say weak division, but a weak passing division. Uh, it's not a great division. It's not a great division. Uh, it's on the rise, but it, it's got a long way to go. Uh, I think I think he's going to shine with the Texans this year, and you're going to see a lot of him. So I would pick those two as my offensive and defensive rookie of the year. Last question, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Are any of these quarterbacks from this year any good? Okay, so that that's a <laughs> that's that's a loaded question. Are they any good? Yes, uh, there is there is talent. Um, and if you look at it, a lot of a lot of their draft spots kind of make sense, except for Kenny Pickett. I've I've never been high in Kenny Pickett. A lot of people drafted him with the same mindset of Joe Burrow, where this dude had one great year at Pittsburgh after five years of Pittsburgh and not being great. Um, I think a lot of that was the result <laughs> yeah. of his coach, but we'll leave that be. Uh, Kenny Pickett's fine. I think his ceiling is Matt Ryan, which is good if that works out for them, but it's not like, I don't know. It, it, Matt Ryan's not really going to blow you away anymore. If you can get that MVP Matt Ryan every year. Sure. Yeah. But I don't, I don't, I don't see him translating that well. Um, Malik Willis has the tools. It, it's, Time will tell on how they end up developing that, especially that was the only guy that I would have been okay with Seattle grabbing. If they were going to grab somebody, Uh, Malik Willis was the only one that I was like, I'll live with that. I'll tell you, I like Malik Willis. I'll tell you who I like a lot more. Uh, I love Desmond Ritter. I think that dude is going to end up being the steal of the draft. I, I, and it's it's hard in perspective of these quarterbacks because I see a world where Desmond Ritter becomes a solid starter for the Falcons and like ends up kind of in that like range where he's either gonna be like great every year, he's gonna be on that cusp of like top ten and like we'll get him into the playoffs and push him forward because he just has this winning mindset and he's developed so well at Cincinnati at a very small program and driven like like Cincinnati has some players, but a lot of their driving factor on offense was Desmond Ritter. Uh, he has the mobility. He has a great arm. He has a great mind. Like he is what you want in a young quarterback. And the fact that he'll sit behind Marcus Mariota, who as a pro, like as a prototype, like fits well with who he is as a prospect. I, I think only does like good things for who he is as a quarterback. I, I would expect Desmond Ritter to do the most out of this group. That being said. Uh, I posted this a while ago. Every one of these guys would have been a cusp top five any other year um, on the cusp of being a top five quarterback, especially this upcoming class is like I mentioned earlier, so talented. 
so strong has so much like you want to gamble on yeah that yeah and see that's what you love to hear yes give it to me (laughs) like as a seahawks fan you're you might be in a position for a cj stroud who i think is just gonna like burn the world down this year at ohio state i doubt you're gonna be in a position for bryce young because he's gonna go probably like one or two if you are though great guess what you got a mobile undersized quarterback with a big arm Tell me that doesn't sound familiar. There's so many guys I get excited about in this draft class. Oh, me too. And like without even seeing them this year. So for me to say that comparatively to the 2022 class, like they, none of them really blow me out of the water besides Desmond Ritter. I think Desmond Ritter is the most to work with. I don't know about the, the rest of it top to bottom though. I, I think they're all the one quarterback that we visited and worked out with. That's going to be the guy. And we didn't take him. Okay. Yeah. But um, I, I wouldn't necessarily lose sleep over that. Like I said, I think if you're drafting next year, like that's what people should be doing. The best. Oh yeah. Player. No, no, no. I, I want one of these kids next year. Oh my God. Uh, weird to say we're going to, we're going to not clip that bit there, but <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, uh, no. <laughs> But, like, Will Anderson is an edge rusher who is the best player in college football, by far and away. And he's not going to go first overall because of how many teams waited on their quarterback for this year. Awesome. So, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Jimmy Pibbs. Jimmy, would you like to go ahead and promote anything that you're doing right now? I almost choked on an ice cube. Um. I mean, yeah, you could follow me at Boda Sports, but really keep an eye on what we're doing. Um, I'm working con- or currently, not constantly. I'm very rarely working constantly <laughs> with the uh, with Zach uh, doing a bunch of stuff. So get ready for the college football season. If you want to learn more about college football and dive into my mind a little bit, I'm going to be doing these live streams. I'm going to be doing a game of the week um, every Saturday. We'll either do it like the Thursday live stream where I do a half, or if it's a good enough game, we'll just go into it. We'll keep drinking and watch the game together. Um, I'll be talking about some of the players. I'll be diving into it. It'll be it'll be a good time. And my whole point is I want to make it so people who don't necessarily know college football or want to learn more about a certain prospect can come in, leave a comment, be like, talk to me about this dude. I will gladly talk to you about anybody who's out there. So... You're more than welcome to come in. Check us out on Saturdays at Breaking Down the Tape. I think even Wifey might step in for a couple. We'll see. It's going to be a good time. I know. Wow. All right. Uh-huh. So, ladies and gentlemen, Jimmy and I are actually about to go ahead and record up our Jack and Can show coming up straight after this. So, with that said, we are getting out of here. This has been the Sports Roundtable of Jack and Canned.